Hey guys, good afternoon and welcome to the Impossible Is Nothing podcast with your host, Coach Babs. Thank you for coming along. Um, this is actually the very, very first podcast today, so um, you're all privy to the premiere of the Impossible Is Nothing podcast. In this podcast uh, today, we'll just be giving you a brief introduction about myself and my my journey into becoming so far an entrepreneur and an online coach. Thank you very much and stay tuned. So, hey, hey, how are you guys doing? Thank you. Um, this is, like I said, the season premiere of The Impossible Is Nothing podcast. And I just want to take a moment on this one is just to introduce myself. So I go by the name of Coach Babs and I am, well, I am starting or taking my foot into becoming an entrepreneur and also an online health, wellness, fitness and mindfulness coach. Yeah, that's a lot, but um, I'm going to make it happen. So just before I, before I start on how I, I got to this point, let me just take you, take you back a bit. So I'm 36. I have two kids. I'm a single dad. I have two kids. They live with their mother, but um, I do have custody. I do see them um, often, as often as possible. So <clears throat> when I'm not with them, I do work a normal nine to five morning job in the corporate industry. And when I'm not there, I'm at the gym and everybody knows me to just be work, gym, kids, repeat. That's pretty much my, oh, and my dog. She's an American Akita and she can be very, very needy. <laughs> but um, I'm originally a southerner, so I'm from London originally, as you can tell by my accent, but I live up north in West Yorkshire. So I have always... Um, well, actually, no, I've not always been it. So I I come from a very hardworking family. You know, my parents both went to, studied up to a master's degree level, I believe it was. And at the same time, working two jobs and then having me, my brothers. So they've always, you know, been very, very hardworking and they, and they were also very, very religious. So I come from a Christian family. So it was very, very much work, work, work. And then if we weren't at work, you know, we were doing some family stuff together. And then it was church like three times a week, you know. So um, we were always taught to just go hard, you know, work hard, work hard and pray. So me growing up, um, I'm the firstborn. So I've always uh, had the responsibility, I guess, to lead by example. So whatever you do, your brothers will follow you. And growing up, I, you know, I was an overweight kid from like secondary school, pretty much up to about college. I was just, you know, an overweight kid. So there was the occasional teasing and bullying as you get when you're a fat kid. And then there was a lot of self-confidence issues and a lot of self-belief problems and, you know, um, hurdles. Let's not call them problems, hurdles. And a lot of 
you know, body dysmorphia um, hurdles that I was dealing with at a very, very young age, not to mention socialising and being myself. And this kind of went with me as I got older. Um, I hid behind a lot of masks. I, I have a dance background. I have, um, I developed a sports-like background and I played the comedian and the clown most times, you know? So I, I did, I didn't do too bad in, in my education. I mean, I went to school, went to college, went to university and everything. I studied computer science and stuff, which is funny considering what I'm now getting myself into. So, you know, I, I did the path as you call it, or the plan quite well by the book. I was always very good at following instructions. I was obedient at following instructions. No matter how it made me feel personally, I followed the instructions, I followed the rules. I'm very good at following the rules. I was very good at following the rules. Even when I was a grown up, whenever I'm making something from scratch, you got a set of rules and guidelines for me to follow. You know, I'll nail it to a T. So I was always a goody goody and a straight arrow, as you can call it. And my friends and siblings always used to tease me that I'll never go against the grain, you know, labeled the good kid when I was in high school. So as I got older, uh, some of the habits followed me. I, I started to drop a little bit of weight. I put on weight, I dropped a bit of weight. I met my ex-wife and um, I, was a, I was quite overweight then, not like huge but I was considered overweight and had a lot of confidence issues, especially considering the kind of people she had dated before me. I was quote unquote, just this regular guy versus all these people with fancy jobs and lucrative ways of making money. I was still riding the train, going to university, you know, I wasn't driving. I wasn't like hip or in the now I had, you know, I was a great dancer, a fantastic dancer, street dancing, break, you know, body popping and stuff like that. But I never showed it off. I never had the confidence to. You'd see me do it, but I wouldn't perform for you. And that was pretty much me, you know, all the way through life. All these different skills that I could do, no confidence or belief that I could perform it in a way to make somebody be like, oh my God, wow. But you'll catch a glimpse of me doing it and you'd be like surprised that I was able to achieve it. I always said I wanted to be a songwriter or a background dancer rather than the main person in the front, even though I had the potential and capability to be the leader at the front, you know, the lead singer or the lead performer. I just wanted to hide in the shadows because I never really thought I was good enough. And it, it stuck with me for a very long time, funny enough. And, you know, my pops used to tell me at some point, you just don't have enough confidence in yourself. If you have confidence in yourself, you'll, you'll succeed, you'll excel. You just need to believe in yourself. But, you know, the mind is a very fragile thing. When, when you've spent most of your young life being led to believe you can't do anything or being laughed at or teased at, you, you tend to just feel like you're not really good at anything other than being laughed at or teased at. And then when the occasional good thing happens to you, you start to question it. And I always question any good thing that happens to me, like why? Why is it happening to me? Why do I deserve it? And then waiting for it to go wrong. And then saying, I told you so. So as time went on and I got a lot older, some things I started to be a bit more confident with, some things I was still shy about, especially my physical appearance. 
Um, I always used to say, I've got my face and my jokes. So, you know, as long as I've got those two, I'm fine. But don't look at, don't look from the shoulders down. Just don't. <laughs> so you could tell just by listening to me that, you know, I, I had some real confidence issues. And it's the same thing with skills, you know, um, anywhere I worked, I worked, my, you know, I worked hard considering, you know, I, I, I went to what was considered one of the roughest school, one of the roughest schools in East London that people, you just don't feel like you're going to get out of the school to let, talk less of an education. And from there, I went to two of the poorest colleges, you know, in terms of reputation wise and in terms of the caliber of people that came out of there and still I managed to get into university and got into one of the best ones for computer science at the time. And I lived in some of the roughest areas when I was studying. So it was kind of like, yo, you know, I managed to get through and do well. So I knew that when I put my head down, when I put my head down, then there's nothing I can't achieve. But if you tell me, hey, I reckon you're going to do really good at that, I'd question it. So, you know, I, I and I always made up my mind with one thing that if, if I wanted it, I'll get it, you know, but I won't tell nobody or, I, I, you know, I won't show it off. And it'll be like, well, what's the point of working your ass off for if you're not going to show it off? Like, that makes no flipping sense. But I was just, I always felt like people would just laugh at me or just think I don't deserve it. So it's always, it was always a struggle. And as I got older, some of the habits shook off and some of the habits still stuck stuck with me, especially confidence in myself, my appearance and my capabilities. And bearing in mind, pretty much every job that I got into, I progressed um, rather quickly. In fact, I surprised myself how many times I'd get into a job and get promoted multiple times. And all I was doing was just doing my job, you know, and trying to do a little bit extra to help other people so that they can do their job well. And my mentality at the time was, if I help somebody else do their job well, then it will make my job easier. So, you know, call it a bit selfish in terms of you doing it for yourself rather than for them. But, you know, I just felt like if one part, if only one part of the machine is not is working properly and the other part is lacking, then we're, we're not going to get nowhere. So let's get the other side moving the same speed as you know, we are, so we can all move in the same direction and there's less stress. So, you know, I just did that for so long that, you know, I got recognized and I got promoted and I always got, you know, acknowledged, but funny enough, still with all that, I still always doubted my ability and always thought, Hmm, you sure? Mm, I mean, I'm just me. I'm just a simple guy. There's nothing special. I'm just me. So, you know, then when I got older, I faced a, a challenge. My first of four specific challenges, let's call them four. I'll try and stick it to four. My first challenge was, um, oh five. My first challenge was moving from London to West Yorkshire. I just didn't know if I, if I, if I cut it here, you know, or if I would find a decent job. Um, when I was growing up, being in London, it was all image. You know, you had to have specific things by specific ages. So I moved up here thinking out, you know, maybe if I'm here where nobody can see me, I can I can hit those targets and I can get those things and then come back like, yo, what's popping? Look at this guy, you know? So when I moved up here, I it's funny because the only plan I had was I'm going to move up and stay with my best friend at the time who was who used to be my dance partner. And her now husband, who was also a good friend of who is also a good friend of mine, 
And my ex-wife, who I was doing at the time, she was like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm just going to move up there. I've just passed a telephone interview for this particular job. I'm going to get the job. But if I don't get the job, I'm going to stay here for a month. And if I don't find a job in a month, I will come back to London, you know? And I came up with one suitcase, one suitcase with some clothes. That's what I came up with. Nothing else, one suitcase, um, my phone at the time, and also my iPod shuffle, because that, that's what was out then, iPod shuffle. And I told my pops I was leaving, I told my mom I was leaving. They didn't believe it was happening because they've never known me to make such a decision. Because like I said, I was always a goody-goody, follow the rules, do as I was told. But I lived with my parents up to 25. I had curfew up to the age of 25. Curfew at 20 freaking five. What the actual fuck? But I just didn't want to disappoint anybody and I always followed the rules. So anyway, so I moved up here and I did the interview face-to-face and I went in with the mentality of I'm going to get it. Bearing in mind, I don't know what was going through my mind thinking I was that shit hot, but I did it anyway and I smashed it and I got the interview. Surprised myself, in fact, you know, I got an interview and they paid me more for the position up here than they would have paid down south, which was even better, you know, and I excelled in that job. You know, I I got promoted one, two, three, three, three times in two years. So and all I did was just be myself and just do it. Well, let me, let me not say be myself. Well, I don't know if it was be myself because I've, I've always been afraid of myself. So let's just say um, I I just did what I, what was required of me. And did it to the best of my ability. And that's how I was doing it. So um, so that was the first challenge. And I smashed it. And then I brought up, then my you know my ex-wife came up. And you know, we, we started living here. So then second challenge, marriage. <laughs> so again, I made up my mind. I was going to get married. This is the person I wanted to marry. So I just said, will you marry me? Let's get married. How are we going to do it? You know, we, 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 you know, we're just finding our feet here. We're just this, we're just that. I was like, you know what? We're just going to make it happen because you just have to. Either way, we'll support each other, you know, and all that business. And I told my moms, I was like, we're getting married. And she was, they were like, okay, when? And I'm like, when I proposed to her, in this month, we're going to get married towards the end of the same year. And she was like, you've only given us four or five months to plan this thing. I was like, I don't really want a big deal. You know, I'm not all about the fancy fancy. Let's just let's just do this and get committed. Anyway, long story short, we got married, we settled, you know, and then we had challenges uh, three and four, which was children. And they all came back to back. Even though I pl- we planned it, they came a year apart. One boy, one girl. Bearing in mind, our family live down south. We have some friends up here. But our family, who you tend to really need in a town like this, was down south. And again, the conversation was how are you guys going to do it? Uh, you know, a conversation we were having is how we're going to do it. You know, how is it going to be? But again, I said, look, we'll make it happen because you have to make it happen. It doesn't matter if you live down south. It doesn't matter if your family. It doesn't matter if you live across the other side of the world. What matters is you both come together. You, you, you have a plan and you get it done. Right? Just believe you can get it done. Now, I sound so confident, right? I sound like I've really got it together. Meanwhile, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why the fuck do you keep opening your mouth saying shit like you have a clue what you're flipping doing? 
Because let's face it, in them kind of situations, you don't flip and know what you're doing. You, you kind of pick it up as you go along. But, you know, we did well, you know. The, the relationship between me and her broke at the end, so we did split up. But, you know, the kids were doing fine. And they're still doing fine, you know. And after that breakup, then things really did hit me. Because, you know, in any kind of relationship or whatever you lose... You start to question yourself on what are you capable of, what are you doing? All you're capable of doing is breaking stuff or failing at stuff, you know? Like, are you going to flop this? All your peoples looked at you like you are the man, you know? People looked up to you in high school. People looked up to you. Your family looked up to you. Your brothers are all looking up to you. And you can't even hold a flipping relationship together, you know? It's marriage. Marriage is just a flipping relationship that you just called husband and wife. It's still a relationship. How are you going to, pardon my language, fuck it up like that? But, you know, life has a funny way of making things happen. And although the outside world will never really see what's going on on the inside, it's not really for them to to determine the kind of individual you are because of it. You know, everybody knows why they go, go through what they go through. And it's not about how it's not about how you fall down. It's about how you come back. So challenge five was the comeback. And it's still the comeback because even as we speak, I'm still coming back, you know, and that was the trying time because I had a lot of demons that were hitting me. One of them was that old thing about you're not good enough. Ego came in, took over my life along with you always break stuff. You're never going to be good at this. You're not worthy. You're just flopping. And would you believe Murphy's law kicked in? And if those of you who are aware of Murphy's law, who are not, or who aren't aware of Murphy's Law, it is basically the principle of anything that can go wrong, will go wrong. And I shit you not, everything went wrong. I lost my jobs. I kept on losing jobs. I was moving from house to house. I was living on a sofa at one point. I, I had no food in my house. There was a time when I had no food. And I was trying to date. And it was failing. And I was, you know, people were coming and helping me out with food. People were borrowing me money, knowing full well I can't pay them back. There was times when I would walk to work. And I'd, and I'd work like about eight miles away. And I'd walk to and from because I was trying to save that little change together. Bearing in mind, I was also trying to be a good dad. I was also trying to show up and, you know, see my kids every other weekend. So this challenge was hard. And then, I, you know, I wanted to, I didn't like how I looked. Oh, man, I despised how I looked. I mean, there was a time that all I was doing was eating crackers. Crackers. I'd got this cheap pack of crackers that had like about, I don't know, four, maybe 48. And I had two packs of those. And every day for work, uh, lunch, breakfast, lunch and dinner, I'd just eat one packet of crackers. Like the pack only had like 10 in each pack or something stupid like that. I'd eat one until I next got paid. That's what I'd eat. To a point where people thought I was on some ridiculous diet or they said, is that all you eat crackers? You know? Uh, I, you know, I was in a low place. Oh man, I was in a very low place. And then I decided I want to get into shape. But I didn't want to just get into shape for getting into shape's sake because I was very familiar with being in the gym. I'd 
been at the, in the gym since I was in high school, you know, because I was a fat kid while everybody was out playing football and I hated my body and I didn't want to see myself in shorts and a t-shirt because I felt like I looked like um, sausages forced into a packet and overflowing. I, I went into the gym. There was a gym that was hidden in the back cupboard, in the back uh, cupboard area. So I, I used to stay in there. So I was very familiar with lifting weights. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just knew that I, I could lift heavy stuff. So I was very used to doing that. So I, I, I joined a gym and I had my bicycle. So I used to cycle or I used to walk everywhere, like everywhere, even to the barbers, I would ride my bike. Like people would just feel like you and this bike. I got, you know, a lot of my friends were like you and this bike and you're Lycra, you know? And I just spin it off to them like, yo, it's the best way to get fit. Not knowing the truth is I was fucking broke and I was trying to save every single penny I could get. So, um, so moving along, I, I joined the gym and I trained 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 and I became obsessed. I made it an obsession. I remember this story and people laugh at me when I say it, but it was true. And it was a, a receptionist at the time. Her name is Shannon. She stopped me one day and she said to me, do you know you've been here? every day seven days a week twice a day for six months like you look great what more do you need to do like you need a girlfriend or something like this is all you do and I just smiled and laughed and said yeah well I just love it here you know it's my it's my home away from home when really and truly it was just my escape from the world and just escape from my head so um I needed a purpose so I, I took up boxing when I, when I got good at boxing, I took up cycling long distance. When I got good at that, I took up marathon running and, and 10Ks. When I got good at that, I set my sights towards bodybuilding, which is my current journey I'm on now. And as I went through it, my confidence started to grow. I went from wearing long sleeve t-shirts to vest tops outside in public, even at the gym. I went to taking pictures. I then got myself a personal trainer. I had a personal trainer. She helped me get to the next stage of my physical fitness and she really helped me with my confidence and my 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 body dysmorphia. She always said to me, you know, just take a photograph of yourself every day, whether you like or not, send it to me and I'll tell you if you're doing well. And I'll keep reminding you when you're doing well. And when you're flopping, I will tell you. Flopping means failing for those of you who don't know. So um, I did all that and my confidence and belief went through the roof. I didn't become a show off. I don't believe in that, but I, I got very, I got very much more conf confident. So with that newfound confidence and belief, I went into a lot of um, self development, you know, mindfulness, put mind positive mindset, um, visualization, thoughts become things, law of attraction. I found the secret. I found the power of now. I found um, the magic. I found a lot of things. I became very, very interested in reading and learning even up till now. Um, I've still been reading some more self-help books that help me for the next stage. So along those, along that journey, a lot of people, and you know, became more popular on social media, apparently nicknamed millennial or Mr. Mr. Instagram was the latest nickname I got. So then I get approached by uh, network marketers asking me to join them, telling me I'd be really good at it. And I just thought to myself, I can't be asked. I'm not good at sales. I can't even sell myself properly. 
If you ask me to tell me something good about you, I'd always struggle. So if I can't sell myself, how the fuck am I going to sell your stuff and make it believable? So I just thought, nah, I'm not good at that. I'm never going to be good at that. Just leave it alone. Just leave me alone, you know? And some of them I did try, you know, I invested some money in it and I lost the money because I didn't believe in it. And again, that habit of you quit too easy and you give up too easy came in echoed in the back of my head because you can't get, you know, you can't always get away from all your demons. And um, I, I just flopped. And I knew the reason why it was me, but I still allowed it to flop. You know, I lost large amounts of money and I just went back to what I was used to, which was hitting the gym, going to work, looking after my kids, hitting the gym, going to work, disastrous fails at dating, going back to work, hitting the gym, looking after my kids, disastrous dating, and so, so on. So uh, the dating is always just, I think it's just always been down to me not believing in myself or me just being, just thinking old school versus the new school stuff. But that's a typical conversation altogether. Anyway, so move along and we're now in the present time and I get this epiphany because I've trained a few people in the past um, or when I say trained, they've trained with me, but I've showed them a, th few, a thing or two because obviously I've learned a thing or two from my personal trainer at the time when I was with them and then I've done my own research online and I've also paid attention to what works on my body and there's been positive results. So I helped train other people and they'd hit their goals, you know, and we do stuff with food and, uh, you know, I tell them to switch up this or add that, you know, I'd learn about different techniques, carb cycling, things like that. So I'd, I'd tell them to try it and it'd work for them. So it turns out I'm quite good. And then I always got told when I was younger, you'd be a good, you'd be a good teacher because you're patient and you take time to explain things. Probably because I just talk too fucking much. But anyway, so it turned out I was pretty good at it. So... And I'm a normal guy who in the industry, I mean, don't get me wrong, I am not ripped yet, but I am working on it. But, you know, when you see somebody who you, you talk to every other day or you walk past every other day and you watch them, their physique change and you then you watch what they're doing on social media or you've seen them in the gym, so you know what they're doing and they're keeping it real, they're keeping it authentic. They People naturally get drawn to you, especially when, you know, your your mindset has changed. So they've seen you when you're in your darkest. I know they've seen, now they're seeing you, you know, spread as much light as possible. You know, they want to see what it's about. So, you know, they're naturally going to be drawn to you. So, you know, when these people are drawn to me, I help them for free. I never charge nobody for it. I help them, help them achieve their goals, help them remind themselves when they were flopping or when they took the foot off why they were there in the first place. You know, big advocate on what's your why because your why will push you through. So it turns out I'm quite good at this. And then this lovely lady called Mandy approached me and she made it a point for a good year and a bit to keep inboxing me and telling me about, you know, this online coaching and, you know, you're going to go into business for yourself, sort of being an entrepreneur and, you know, just give it a go. I think you'd be really good at this. All you have to do is be yourself. <sighs> I've always struggled being myself 100%. So I was like, are you sure? Because there'll be days when I just can't be asked, and there'll be days when I'm really feeling it. But um, you know, she made it a point to keep going on, to keep going on, and you know, she 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 encouraged and she spoke and she encouraged and she messaged me. She always checked on me. She was always liking my posts. She was always commenting, you know, positive all the time. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go into business for myself. I'm going to become an online coach. I'm going to do this. So I so I took the step. 
I literally took the step uh, a few weeks ago, uh, a few months ago. It's been slow, um, but everything is normally slow at first, you know, before you gain traction. And, you know, I wrote my first two plans for somebody, uh, for two people last week. Man, it was stressful. Was pulling my hair, thinking what to do, going through my notes, going through my um, paperwork that I did before, going through what was done for me and how it was done for me. Asking loads of questions, missing questions. So I'd ask a good friend of mine, Laura, who's already an online coach at a PT. And she'd be like, ask these questions, ask these questions, check this, really drill it down. You know, so I've had support. I'd inbox Mandy. I'd be like, yo, you know, guidelines for this. So I've had some good, good support so far, you know. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's nerve wracking. And there are times when I just can't be bothered. There's times when I'm just like, why did you say this, you know? Why did you say you're going to do this? But at the same time, I'm surrounded by so many cool people that are doing similar things to me. So I, I see the potential and I hear the stories. So I know what I'm getting myself into, you know, and I know it's, 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 a it's an over the course of time process to become an overnight success, but I'm excited and it's very, very character building for me because I feel like it's going to push me to the next stage. Um, this is going to test me. I really believe this is going to test me to be like, if you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything. And I really feel like this is going to test how much I'm going to put my mind to it and how much I'm going to throw myself into it. The last week I've been pretty lapsed and I've just been pretty lost, if I'm honest. And I've been very overwhelmed with everything that's going on. But, you know... I've made plans to do certain things to help me get along. And one of them is this podcast, which is why I launched it. Um, the term impossible is nothing to me is basically, it basically means that, you know, impossible is like a big word thrown around by small men. Impossible is almost, impossible is only some, is, it only becomes impossible when you give up or when you refuse to take, make an attempt at something. You have to remember anything that comes your way, somebody's attempted it at some point and achieved and another person attempted it at one point and gave up. They didn't fail. They gave up. There's, I've been through so much personal drama and strife. And I'm not trying to say my shit is bigger than somebody else's shit. Everybody's shit is their own shit. But I've been through so much stuff that if you said to me five years ago, I'd be here right now at this point. I'd say you're chatting shit. Leave me alone. Just go away. I'd be saying that to you right now, but I'm here and I'm doing one of these. I'm doing a podcast. This is actually my second podcast. Um, I've done one before in the past where I was just messing around and seeing what it was like, but this is my first properly structured one. So if you told me four or five years ago, I'd be doing this, I'd laugh in your face. If you told me four or five years ago, I was taking a step into being an entrepreneur, I'd, I'd probably walk away. If you told me I was going to be an online coach, if you told me I was going to be an online coach or that I was going to be in shape and confident. I'd have told you to stop. Why are you teasing me for? It's not nice. You know, I'd have been like, just fuck off. But we're here. And this is all just because I believe in myself. And I and I believe I can make it happen because somebody else did it. So if somebody else can do it, I can do it. And I can, pro I can prove that the impossible, quote unquote, is actually nothing. Nothing is impossible. It's all a matter of perspective and it's all a matter of persistence and knowledge. You know, get that support around you. So anyway, 
thank you for coming along to listen. Thanks for your time and have a great day. And just remember this, impossible is nothing. If I can come from where I've come from to get to this point, then wherever you are right now, you can get to the next stage. You just got to believe that you can get to the next stage. Anyway, guys, take it easy. Peace.